Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Accessibility is something that we've talked about here several times on the programme. And Marcus is with us on the line today. Now, Marcus, you are a wheelchair user. You t- might tell us what happened to you recently. Yes. Uh, thanks, Andrew, for having me on. Yeah. So just for a bit of background, uh, as you said, I, I'm a wheelchair user and I live in Dublin. And I had an experience last week where uh, I tried to book a restaurant in the city centre and I was trying to book it with another friend who um, is also a wheelchair user. And so I went went onto their website and I I booked uh, the table and that was fine. Uh, A short time later, they came back to me and they emailed me to say that the restaurant is not fully, is not wheelchair accessible. And the reason they gave me is that it's a listed building and it's over 100 years old or something like that. And that they are not allowed to make any structural changes to the restaurant. And so therefore, uh, someone like myself and my friends, both wheelchair users, could, cannot access the restaurant. Is this common, Marcus? It's, it's something that I have experienced before, um, especially in Dublin. Um, I, I, I'm not living in Dublin very long. Uh, it's not something that's happened outside of Dublin, but yes, I have noticed uh, listed buildings around Dublin. Um, this is the first time it's happened to me uh, going into a restaurant or trying to get into a restaurant, but it has happened with other buildings as well, which I can understand maybe, you know, things like uh, castles or, or other tourist-type buildings that, that people would want to access. Mm. But but uh, I, I really, uh, I suppose that my frustration lies with the rules. Uh, when, it, when it comes to a restaurant, you know, it, there should be no uh, no way to, two ways about it. It should be accessible to everyone. So because the restaurant or, you know, whether it be a pub or a hotel or whatever it is, because it's a listed building or a protected structure, um, the, the the owners can't, they, they can't make changes. Is, is, is that the, the rationale? As far as I know, yes. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of the, the rules or the laws around it, but that's what I was told, uh, is that um, the, the restaurant itself is not allowed uh, to make structural changes to uh, to you know to the building, and, and so that's why things like a ramp can't be put in, or or um, a ramp inside the um, inside the restaurant to get rid of steps, for example. And would the ramp uh, be regarded, Mar- Marcus, as that that would be a change to the structure? Would it? You couldn't. I wouldn't have thought a ramp was, but it, maybe it, it is. It, it can be, yes, as far as I'm aware. Um, other things as well, I've come across the things like um, lifts also that, that can't be put in into listed buildings. That's happened to me before. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's very frustrating. And um, I suppose my frustration lie, doesn't lie with the restaurant itself because, you know, their, pro- their hands are probably tied. Yeah. But, well, that's um, the thing, I suppose, to be fair to them. The, you know they didn't make the rules you know but I, I see I see your point so so does this mean Marcus then when you're in Dublin are there are there lots of buildings then that are just out of bounds like particularly tourist attractions uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure really to be quite honest of you know a percentage of buildings or whatever uh, that are out of bounds but um, yes there are definitely uh, a certain amount because I have uh, I have spoken to friends 
you know, fellow wheelchair users who have had similar experiences, yeah. 1800 453 106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us. Marcus, Carrie Jade Williams is going to join us as well. Carrie's on the line. Carrie, you were listening to Marcus there. Is this something that you too have experienced? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, the issue in Ireland is that we allow accessibility to be a choice and it should be an automated right. I mean, our heritage is important, but the history of disabled people um, is just being repeated. You know, historically, disabled people were, were excluded. And we allow that to continue by protecting buildings that have been changed in use. I'm sure that building wasn't always supposed to be a restaurant. Um, and I, I, I know that heritage matters to, to people, but um, I mean, history can be accessed in other ways. And I just think, couldn't our new heritage be one of full inclusivity? Um, so, uh, but this happens all the time, unfortunately. Can um, you give buildings... us some examples, Carrie? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to name and shame places, but, no, but um, I personally always put a complaint in any time there is an accessibility issue. Um, I'd be very into the arts. There are a lot of theatres um, in, in Dublin particularly that are um, not accessible to disabled people. Um, sometimes places will state that they're accessible. And I have, I have Huntington's disease when I'm not on medication. Um, sometimes people will presume I'm drunk. And so they presume, you know, the, the presumption around my disability is that I'm drunk and I'm going to be disruptive or something. Um, and it's, it's just very similar to Parkinson's disease. And so you can't even always plan ahead because you're presumed somewhere is accessible. And then when you arrive, there'll be so much commotion. Um, you know, the train services in Ireland, um, I mean, Limerick Junction train station, I have heart failure every time I go there because I, you're always wondering if the lifts are going to work or if you're going to get stranded on the uh, the overhead tunnel. There's just lots of um, issues in Ireland around accessibility, and I feel it just gets ignored at government level. Um, there's no um, accessibility isn't sexy. Nobody talks about it until you you need it, and I just don't think there's any political will for disability services to be investigating them properly so Marcus have, have you ever like do, do you complain or, or hi- not complain but I mean would you highlight issues as you see them I do absolutely um, and like um, Kerry said there you know it's, uh, accessibility in Ireland is, some, is is often seen as a choice rather than a, than a, a must and it, you know my my complaints or whatever you want to call them they, they do often fall on deaf ears um i've contacted um you know companies like bus Aaron around accessibility before and you know sometimes they've never even gotten back to me you know with an apology or whatever um yeah it's it's something that happens so often um and you know things like the the um the dart as well in dublin um that, that's not always accessible with lifts broken, um, so yeah, I believe it is. It's hugely important that that we highlight mm-hmm. these issues, and um, yeah, th- this is only one restaurant in Dublin. But I mean, how many other people have come across something like this in the past? As well? Yeah, five three one zero six is the number if you if you want to share your own experience here with us on the the um, the news talk text line this afternoon. Sirsha is joining us as well. Sirsha, have you? What's your experience of this? Um, it's a constant, constant uh, battle with access um, all the time. Um, for example, I have an example. I was out with my my now boyfriend. It was our very first date, and with being a wheelchair, you have to pre-plan absolutely everything. You can't be spontaneous. 
And the first restaurant we went to, which was fine because I had booked it in advance, whatever. Uh, but then we decided we would go for a drink somewhere else. And he, my boyfriend is able-bodied, and I'm a wheelchair user. And I had to use the loo. And it took us nearly 40 minutes to try to find a toilet. Because nowhere had an accessible toilet, or they had a ramp but no toilet, or had steps. So I was in pain. And is this common, Sirta? It is, yes. Um, there's many bars like, um, uh, there's a cocktail bar in town called... Oh, well, maybe maybe don't name them, Saoirse, just because, to be fair, oh, yeah. they're they're not here to defend themselves, you know, but... Fair but, enough, yeah. yeah. But but there's a cocktail bar in town where it has steps in, but has a wheeled toilet. Okay. So you have to be lifted in to get in. And then there's there's restaurants that have entrances that are accessible but no toilets and it's a constant thing of trying to find a toilet and the issue that Marcus raised because Marcus your point that there is one conversation I suppose around the the accessibility um, you know to to various different premises but when you're talking about the listed buildings and protected structures like certainly we understand they can't be changed or altered so does that mean that tourist sites and historical maybe buildings or monuments, Saoirse, are, are they just, like, they're just kind of a no-go area? Some museums are not accessible. They're only accessible to a point, and then you can't go somewhere, you know? You can only go to certain areas of public places, but then there's, there's areas you can't go in. And it's very frustrating, you mm. know, for a tourist if they want to check, and, and God forbid they want to go to Temple Bar. I tell anyone if they're in a wheelchair, don't even attempt it. Is that your experience, Marcus, as well? It is, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sir, she alluded to, yeah, one area there, Temple Bar, it's just uh, just completely a no-go area for a wheelchair user. Uh, it's so inaccessible. Um, and uh, I was actually just thinking there as well, I, I did visit a museum there quite recently, and similar to what Sir, she was saying, I was able to access uh, part of it, but there was another level uh, upstairs that... I could not access. There was no lift, and um, yeah, and so that that just goes to show you that uh, yeah, some of the most um, important and most visited buildings in 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 the country really are are inaccessible to so many people. Um, yeah, wheelchair users are make up quite a, a high percentage of the population. Um, disabled people make up around ten to thirteen percent of the population. So. Uh, it goes to show like we're missing out on so much um, and, and you know, the economy is missing out as well because we're not able to spend our money in, in certain places mm. then and it, it does affect everyone yeah. uh, when, when buildings are not accessible. Um, eighteen hundred four five three one zero six. If you if you want to to get in contact, Tom is on the line as well. Uh, Tom, you are in Galway. Why, why did you get in touch? Well, I've worked in uh, protected buildings, listed buildings all my life, really, in all parts of the world. And uh, we we usually have uh, solutions for handicap access uh, throughout. Um, there's quite innovative ways to, to do that. Uh, the main thing is really that there isn't any um, damage to the fabric of a protected and listed building. But we, for example, if there are stairs, we've been able to put wooden ramps temporarily on a building um, that can be removed, you know, at any time at a later at a later date without 
damaging the fabric. And uh, if we have a listed building and uh, we don't have a lift shaft in it, well, oftentimes it's to the advantage of the owner because we're allowed to designate a room on the ground floor that is for all businesses in the building to accept and meet and have appointments with people with, uh, um, you know, disabilities on the ground floor and not do any damage to the fabric of the building. So there's, so, there's lots and lots of solutions. Yes. Yeah, so, so it is possible to install or to, to put up a ramp, um, you know, in, in terms of gaining access to premises without actually in any way doing, as you say, anything to the fabric of the, the building. Yeah, but the main the main thing is that you don't do any damage to the fabric of the building. Um, the planning authorities in other countries, anyway, and I believe so here, uh, can can be real flexible as long as it is something that is, does not take away from the historical integrity and the architectural ambience mm. of the building as such on a permanent basis. So, who should Marcus and and Carrie um, talk to Tom? Like, I mean, you've obviously worked in this area. Yeah, I, I do that on a, on a permanent basis. Um, um, I, I, it depends on the uh, planning on the county of who the experts might be, but they have to have uh, training in uh, listed buildings and protected buildings, conservation, um, that they can recognise what the international guidelines are for uh, preservation, restoration, reconstruction, rehabilitation of, of historic structures, as we would call them. So it, it, it all depends, but they certainly could contact me. I have no problem with that. I I, I support their cause uh, immensely. You know, there's lots and lots of solutions. C- Carrie, you're still with us there on on the line. Um, am, yes. Like, yeah, how, I mean, just listening to Tom there, what's your reaction? Uh, what I would say is um, a, a large number of councils across Ireland, um, like I can't physically hold a pen to complete a form. So the complaints procedure or to even raise a concern is inaccessible. So we have um, a massive issue around accessibility in this country at all levels. Um, I also understand that we have to protect the fabric of a building. Um, And I'm not going to say that we have to start destroying buildings or things, but I do think we have to weigh up the fact that accessibility is a right that is protected under the law versus the needs of a historic building. And my feeling is that often the building is considered more worthy than disabled people. And I think there needs to be a wider discussion around ensuring that, you know, the planning departments need to have disabled voices that sit on their boards and and a part of the the consultation process. You know, if it's it's only looked at from an able-bodied perspective and then protecting the structure of the building, we're losing the voices of disabled people who then access a building can't access it, have the disruption in their lives that, you know, it's embarrassing to go somewhere and not be able to access it. And then the burden's on us to raise and demand accessibility. Um, I just think that there needs to be um, a a much wider discussion around accessibility. And um, and also what um, my experience is, is some of the buildings that we're protecting, um, you know, who's making those decisions and sort of what's the, the merit of protecting a building versus allowing full access because this isn't just about disabled people accessibility makes places better for everybody it means that parents can access them with children older people can access them you know i I would have assumed that the board yeah no 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 no, not at all not not at all but uh, tom just in listening to carrie there i I mean i would have imagined that there you know that there there, there's a currently a a, um you know variety of different voices 
um, in terms of the planning and local authority and how how this is addressed? Well, I just in listening to that lady, I, I would say that what's really important and what really is missing there is somebody who has the training and the qualifications to be able to put forward the solutions to deal with uh, listed buildings that accommodate uh, handicap or uh, disabled access. And uh, I've never come across a building yet where we haven't found the solutions that that uh, complies with both the need to preserve the protect the building and to allow accessibility. So from that equation of meetings mm. with the planning, I think you need to have somebody there that has that knowledge and training of how to resolve these issues. Okay. Will you get on to department, Marcus? Absolutely. I'll, I'll get on to uh, whoever needs to be uh, contacted. Um, I don't know, is it Dublin City Council or is it is it a higher level than that? But um, Planning department or that of local government maybe and Yes, might, might be maybe an, an area to start. Um, thank you, Marcus, Marcus, for getting in touch with us in the first instance today about this. Uh, Carrie, Tom and Saoirse there as well. Um, lunchtime live at newstalk.com. That is the email address if you want to get in contact. Uh, this texter says some footpaths in the city, they're completely inaccessible for wheelchair users. The council spent a fortune a couple of years back creating accessible street crossings um, for wheelchair users. All of these are now blocked with street furniture from pubs. The amount of unlicensed furniture that's blocking the street streets is appalling. Zero enforcement from the council and of course that is in the news today as well. Carl is text in 53106. He says we can't prioritise listed buildings over human beings. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.